On the Virtual Bible Study tonight, we want to talk about gambling. Gambling is becoming, it appears, more prominent in our society today. Sports betting is everywhere. And the lottery is in the headlines. Horse racing, dog racing, you name it. Lots of gambling going on. We'll look at what the Bible teaches about that. We're going to start on this important discussion right after this. It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 93- 381-381-4567 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you to the Virtual Bible Study. This is the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, October 6, 2022. Thank you for joining us on the program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. Josh McCord's to my right. Josh, welcome to the program. Hey, Jacob. Good to be here. And Kyle... Barnes is behind the controls on the other side of the screens over there. Kyle, welcome yeah, to the program. It's good to be here. Glad that you're here helping us yeah. get it out tonight. And we appreciate you for being on the other end of the line. You can participate in the program by sending us an email to questions at collegeview.com or giving us a call at 931-381-4567 or by sending your comments in the chat room tonight where Kevin Kelly has signed in from stormy Tampa, Florida. Hope things are getting put back together down there in Florida. Kevin, glad that you're listening tonight. Uh, sign in, let us know where you're listening tonight, and send us your comments. We look forward to hearing from you. Josh, as we started the program tonight, we want to talk about gambling. It's um, got uh, It's getting to be just a huge part of our society today, and uh, we need to look at what the Bible teaches on this topic. Yeah, now that gambling has been legalized, I was, I was trying to look up and find some data on that. Uh, there's no casinos uh, in Tennessee, but online betting is legal, and it's big business. There's... Um, television commercials and radio commercials about gambling and even guaranteeing a win. You know, they're, they're guaranteeing you some money back or whatever on your, on yep. your first bet yep. uh, in order to entice people to get into the gambling and, world. And the problem with, with this is that over time, this becomes normalized. It wasn't many years ago, 2003, that the lottery was legalized in Tennessee. Now, young people growing up today are doing think, well, the lottery's always been right. No, it, it was illegal until 2003. Yeah. And sports betting was illegal. It was legalized in Tennessee in 2019, but for years that was illegal. Uh, the name Pete Rose might come to mind yeah. before your time a little bit, but I he, know about Pete he Rose. was banned from baseball <laughs> because he was betting on on it. Yeah. Now it's perfectly legal and okay and you can't you can't watch any type of sporting event without seeing sports betting being advertised. Yeah, of course, yeah. We, I don't know if I had to ever dive too deep into this, but, you know, in Tennessee they marketed it, you know, it was for the kids, you know, for the scholarships that they offer, you know, the Tennessee lottery and the lottery scholarships. And, you know, it says help, help the kids. That's, that's the gimmick that they use. But, yeah, it's... Mm. Uh, this These statistics are about five years old, but in 2017... Lottery ticket sales in the United States were $71 billion. That's 71 with nine zeros after it. Um, about half of American households play the lottery. The average American spends over $1,000 a year on the lottery. 
over $1,000 a year, the average American. Uh, the largest demographic, you know, a lot of times um, we get on this program and talk about those young people. Well, the largest demographic for those uh, playing the lottery is in the 65 to 74-year-old age bracket. So this is a, hmm. uh, a, a temptation for all, especially for those who are older. Those making less than 30000 a year per, report spending about 13% of their income on lottery tickets, 13% that they didn't have. Yeah. Uh, to spend on lottery tickets. Um, big, big problems. Uh, it, there's so much emphasis, uh, the University of, uh, University of Colorado sociologist says, there's so much inf- emphasis on gambling today that you can't get away from it. The states are to blame for much of this increase in betting activity because they're continuing to legalize gambling, viewing it as a source of revenue acceptable to the tax-burdened public. And so... Um, uh, there's uh, there's motivation for the states to be involved in this. Uh, Dr. Duran Jacobs says the lottery is the Pied Piper of gambling. And so uh, major issues here. The states are perpetuating the problem, but we see that it is it is everywhere in our society. Yeah, I've got some stats here from an article that was released last month. <laughs> it said that 85% of Americans have gambled at least once. Uh, according to this survey, and 60% have gambled in the last year. Um, Down here it says, according to problem gambler statistics, 6% of U.S. college students are classified as problem gamblers. So they are... What's the percentage? uh, 6% of U.S. college students Mm -hmm. are problem gamblers. Mm -hmm. So they are addicted to gambling, and, you know, it's... You know, as as a college student, I'm assuming they're trying to get get rich quick while they're in school. Um, This says 41% of people believe that setting stake limits on casino gambling machines is an essential policy issue. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So uh, they're they're really about it is what that tells me. And um, it's big business. It's big money. And it's all under the guise of a good thing. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Kevin in the chat room says our college sports game rankings are all based upon the spread it's yep. difficult to escape the nuance of gambling throughout our culture. Yeah, that's true. They put a they put a spread out for every college game. Who's yeah. the favorite? And yeah, that's not just uh, how many points they think to win by it, so that you can be a more informed better. Right. Yeah, uh, and so uh, it is everywhere. We need to talk about uh, gambling. We need to look at it from what the scriptures teach. We're going to find that the scriptures do not use the word gamble. They do not say thou shalt not gamble. This, like many topics that we have to examine in our lives. We have to look at principles that regulate the decisions that we make and make sure that the decisions and the actions that we're engaged in are in accordance with biblical principles. And that's what we're going to do tonight on the program. Yeah. We asked earlier today, what is a good working definition to our update list? What is a good working definition of gambling? What is an example of something that is gambling? What is an example of something that's not gambling? And what biblical principles would apply in determining if gambling is sinful. Had some responses to those questions in our email tonight. And if you'd like to sign in with your comments, you can do that in the chat window or send an email, questions at collegeview.com. Kevin, again, in the chat room says, our states have recognized the income that could be derived from gambling and joined in with lotteries in most of our states. Unfortunately, that is the case. It's not legal in every state, uh, but uh, I think it will be legal uh, many places for this sports betting uh, and so forth as our culture becomes more and more interested 
in gambling. Keith uh, Searcy responded to our program, to, uh, to our email tonight. Good to hear from Keith. He says, a good working definition of gambling is selfishness and greed. Now, that's not a dictionary definition, <laughs> no, but, but I think good. Keith's on to something there. Yeah. We'll learn about that as we go about in our program tonight. Kent in Calhoun, Georgia, says Webster's New World Dictionary defines gambling as to play games of chance for money or some other stake. To take a risk in order to gain some advantage, to bet, wager, and act or undertaking involving risk or loss. I'd like to add uh, this uh, uh, this to Webster's definition. Gambling is an attempt to get something for nothing at another's expense. Uh, I think that's uh, that's a good way to, to put it. And Dwight in, in uh, Ames, Iowa, says getting or get, gambling or betting usually involves something of value. Gambling is usually engaged into with money, although it could be property, jewelry, or even life. Gambling always has some amount of risk on the gambler's part. I think those are good definitions, uh, Josh, of what we're talking about tonight. Yeah, agreed. We're, you're trying when you gamble, you're trying to get a prize, something for nothing. You know, you want to. You want to have others lose and you be the winner in order to gain a prize. Um, and so that takes a lot of forms um, when you talk about what's an example of something that's gambling or what's a good definition of something that's gambling. Um, there's there's a lot of forms. And I think really some people that have tried to defend gambling have tried to blur what the definition is uh, and, you know, make it make it something that we can't really grasp. But I think we can grasp it. And I think I think all the people that have given answers, especially, you know, I like Keith's answer. It boils down to selfishness and greed. Yeah, here's what uh, the World Book says. Betting on the outcome of a future event. Gamblers usually bet money or something else of value as a stake on the outcome they predict. When the outcome is settled, the winner collects the loser's stakes. So good uh, good um, components of gambling mentioned there. An unpredictable outcome, uh, an uncertain outcome. Uh, something of value is at risk, and the winner collects the loser's stake. The Comprehensive Dictionary says, to risk or bet something of value on the outcome of an event, a game of chance. And so, again, some more definitions there of what, the, of what gambling is. And then we ask the question, what are some examples of gambling? Kyle, any thoughts there? Some examples of gambling? I'm sorry. I meant Josh. It's Kyle, right. sorry. It's okay. I threw you, oh, boy, I threw you in the hot seat there. You, you got an example. Got to be on your toes. Hey, well. That's right, yeah. <laughs> you, got, you, got the, you got the baton now, this Kyle. It's a pop got quiz. A, yeah. Yeah, a, got an example? Well, an example, which, of course, you see these. You go to Kroger, you go to your get your groceries, and when you're walking out, you see this little big machine. Over. It looks like a cook machine, but it dispenses uh, lottery tickets. It's at the coins or money, and yeah, you could, uh, yeah, definitely scratch off your little tickets and yeah, all kinds of Little things like that. So All right. The lottery. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That's, lottery. that's your most immediate example. Is okay. The Probably maybe the one, the one that comes to mind first. Well, you know, so playing cards. There's a lot of people that play poker for money. That'd be an example <clears throat> of gambling. But, I mean, there's a lot of examples. So so going to a casino and playing slot machines. We've already talked about sports betting. There's even some, uh, you know, raffle tickets could be an example of gambling. If you're going to put money into a pot or you're going to. You know, there's going to be some kind of prize. I mean, there's there's just a lot of examples. And I even I even get down here pitching pennies, you know I mean? Yeah. And and so it's really important that you understand that gambling doesn't matter. There doesn't have to be a certain amount. So if it's less than $100, it doesn't count. Or if it's less than 1000 no. I mean, any to any degree, 
gambling uh, is wrong, whether it's 50 cents or whether it's $50 or $100, it's still gambling. Bingo, that you yeah. have to pay money for to get your card. Right. Yeah, there's, there's an example of, of gambling. How about the uh, carnival f- games? Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, you pay five bucks. To, mm-hmm. That's your stake that I can sink this basketball shot, and your stake is a, a stuffed animal that nobody <laughs> really wants. But um, And so if I get it, uh, I get your stake. If I don't yeah. get it, you get mine. Yeah, yeah. that's so, a good one. Yeah. Um, so um, lots of different things that are gambling. Let's look at what our listeners had to say about that. Keith uh, says, a golf scramble. Well, there's one as well, right? Mm-hmm. I'm putting up money thinking that this, this, and the outcome of that of that game. Poker, dice, sports betting, which is very prevalent now with phone apps. According to what I've studied on this subject, three things have to be present for something to be gambling. One, an entry fee must be paid into a pool or collection. That's the ante or the wager. Two, a game of chance or skill has to be played. Number three, a payout to the winners has to be made. When all three of these are present, it is considered gambling. If one or two of these conditions is not present, then it is not gambling. Uh, I agree with that. Um, although it doesn't have to be a game of chance or skill, it could be uh, the betting of the, on the outcome of something, like who's going to win the election, uh, yeah. other things like that. But, yeah, I think that's a very good uh, a way to determine if it's Yeah, gambling. I suppose you can make a bet on anything. We, you, people could probably bet how many cars are going to drive past the office or during lunch break. I mean, I, people could bet on anything. So Yeah. yeah. Um, here's what Kent says. Participating in raffle games, the card game of poker, pitching pennies, participating in various lotteries, playing blackjack, and using slot machines. And Dwight says, one doesn't always think of the lottery as gambling, but it is. Along with the lottery, we start children out early with school raffles, betting on horse races, and the casinos are ever so prevalent. We're seeing more and more betting on sports and cards game, card games, although sports, car races, games, are not bad just when you start betting or gambling on them. That's when it's bad. Thank you for that, Dwight. Appreciate that. And uh, Kevin in the chat room says he was on a cruise ship this past week. I don't know. Did he invite you to go with him? I didn't get it. I didn't get it either. Well, (laughs) thanks, Kevin. Uh, He says our dinner partners were fixated on the casino on board. And it is. It's uh, it's an addictive thing. We'll talk about that as we go on in the program tonight. Dwight and Michelle in the chat room said, I have I've had co-workers give me give lottery tickets for Christmas gifts. I just throw them away and just had to let them know not to give them to me anymore. Um, And so appreciate that. Now, Robert in the chat room poses us a question for the break. And this is a question for our listeners to chime in. In the break, the question is, or the comment is, Robert says trading in the stock market is gambling. I'm interested in our listeners' feedback on that during the break. Trading in the stock market, is it gambling? Uh, and uh, or you can give us a call, 931-381-4567. We're taking a break, and we're going to get to Robert's question on the other side. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. Here's a quick thought. Each person is tempted was lured and enticed by his own desire. James 1, verse 14. Your desires can be good if they're pointed toward God and doing His will. They also can lead you to destruction. Determine to know God's will and to do it today. 
to be pleasing in his sight. Seize the day. Here's some quotes worth pondering. Outward expressions reveal inner thoughts and feelings. Bad habits are like a comfortable bed, easy to get into but hard to get out of. Some people criticize the scriptures like they do a restaurant. If they have no appetite, they think the food is no good. The pleasures of sin are seasonal, but the wages of sin are eternal. Your present circumstances don't determine where you can go. They merely determine where you start. Man, wish I'd said that. Use your internet connection for something good. Listen to the virtual Bible study every week. Now, back to the program. And we're back on the program as we talk about gambling. Nobody took me up on my invitation to chime in about the stock market on Robert's comment about whether that's gambling. I'll give you a little more time in the chat room. How about that? We'll, we'll keep talking here, and you can sign in and uh, give us your comments. You can just be a yes or a no on the stock market, and maybe a why or why not. Kevin says, I flew into with connections through Las Vegas a couple months back. The casino games were prevalent throughout the airport. Yeah, I've seen that in Las Vegas' airport. You don't even have to leave the airport to lose your shirt. You can do it right there, right off, right out of the, out of the plane. Uh, amazing. Um, and my dad is in the chat room here uh, chiming in. He said, I think a crucial aspect of the de definition of gambling is a winner and a loser. The winner gets the loser stake. In the stock market, that's not necessarily so. If the market goes up, everyone wins. All right. Um, so uh, I want to wait before I give my comments. Uh, uh, Kevin says the stock market is not equal to gambling. Okay. I like that. All right. So we've got other listeners here to, to chime in. And let us know. Give some opinions. I, I oh, think if oh, you can, are you not in the chat room, you can't give no, your opinion. Well, hey, I could, okay. I could, yeah. I'll wait. No, 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 I think it's probably where you're probably going to go with different kinds of methods of stock market trading. I'll let you do yours. Yeah. All right. All right. Now, what is not an example of something that is gambling? What is an example of something that's not gambling? All right. What would you say to that? Josh? Well, you know, I've heard people argue maybe that, um, so <clears throat> I have to drive on the interstate in order to go into the office, and that's pretty risky. And there's a chance that there could be an accident. There's a chance that I could be involved in an accident. And so I've heard people say, well, it's a gamble every time you drive to go into the office. Every time you drive to go to the church building, maybe it's a gamble. But that that's not an example of gambling. Um, just because there is some level of risk there. I'm not looking for a prize or a reward, and I'm not looking for everybody else to be losers and me to be a winner. It doesn't meet the definition that we've set forth as a definition of gambling. So okay. just because something may have a risk in it doesn't mean it's it's gambling. Okay. All right. Um, and I think that's true. Um, here's what Kent says. Those involved in agriculture and the raising of various crops. Now, I like what Kent says here because agriculture is a risky proposition. Mm-hmm. Thousands of dollars uh, at stake yeah. with farmers putting a crop in the ground, hoping that it rains in a timely fashion and that the growing conditions are correct so that they can get a crop and realize a gain on their investment. There's money involved. Right. It's an uncertain outcome, but it's not gambling because if the crop is good, no one else has to pay, is suffering. Yeah. You're not taking anything from someone right. else if it's good. Agriculture is not gambling. Investments in the stock markets. Well, there's one answer. Kent says it is not gambling. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. He says IRAs and 401ks are not gambling. Very closely tied to that idea of the stock market. We're going to get to that in just a minute. 
Uh, here's what Dwight says. I don't believe that investing in a retirement program such as a 401K is gambling. At the hospital where I work, we have a retirement program called IPERS. That is through the state. Uh, we also have a quarterly meeting where I work that as soon as you walk into the room, they give you a tag with a number. At the end of the meeting, they draw two numbers, and whoever has those numbers, they receive a Target gift card worth $20. Well, he says that's not gambling. Why would that not be gambling? He got it. He got a ticket. Not everybody won the $20. Just two people won the $20. Why is that not gambling? Because he didn't put any money up for it, right? It's just a, it's a gift. It's a door prize. Yeah. And yeah. no one else loses their money when yeah. if they happen to call his number. Yeah. So it's not gambling. The so, aspect of winner and loser has to yeah. be involved there. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, so I'm still waiting on a few more comments here in the chat room about uh, the stock market. Is it gambling or not? Um, all right. Um, now, uh, we've got some comments here in the chat room. Um, uh, Dan Daniel says... Some of the guys I work with have uh, made beta on something that's going outside the office. For example, how many kayaks will come down the river that day? Have they made bets? Yeah, they made bets on something that's going on outside. Okay, so I guess his office overlooks yeah. the river. Yeah, uh, he's got one of those penthouse suites overlooking the river, and they're going to count the kayaks. Yeah, if people are wanting to bet, they can bet on anything. Yeah. How many people show up in a blue shirt today at the office? Or I mean, yeah, right. Anything. Silly, silly. Yeah, I yeah, appreciate that, Daniel. Um, you got to tell your coworkers to get back to work. <laughs> quit watching the river. Um, and so, all right, let's get down to the question. I can't delay it any longer. If you haven't chimed in, you might chime in. Kevin says the stock market follows the gross national product, which which historically goes up over time. Although losses can happen in short term. Um, and uh, Dwight says, as for the stock market, I don't believe it's wrong to be in the stock market. But if you're investing more than you can afford, then your family could be the loser. Uh, Kevin says, but I could be gambling in the stock market if my risk is unreasonable, but there is some aspect of loss for me there. Or so there is some aspect of loss for me there. We need to understand what the stock market is. Uh, Kyle, you're up. You're, you're up. Go ahead, Kyle. I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. I think it's just uh, sometimes how you – anything – well, this falls under anything. could be a sin if it's something that you could – how you approach it. It's, it's just like – so if you're doing the stock options and you're just going and you're – Money that you don't have, money that you – yeah, I think it falls in line with what he was saying, yeah, a previous comment there. But, yeah, I, I don't think it is a sin. I think it's uh, – yeah, it does follow the GDP. So, yeah. What's your opinion? All right. What you got? Now, there are aspects to the stock market that could be sinful, much like gambling is sinful. We'll talk about some of those aspects. For instance, if it's rooted in covetousness, it's still wrong, even though it may not be gambling. But it is not technically gambling. And therefore, wouldn't fall into the same condemnation of, that we would use, or some of the same principles that we would use to condemn gambling. It's not gambling for this purpose. When you're buying stock, you're buying something. Right. You're buying a part of a, of a company. company, very small portion, but you're buying a portion of the company. Josh, if I had a business and I was looking for some investors, and I said, "Hey, Josh, I'm going to give you. I'm going to have. I'm going to have two shares of stock for my company. Would you like to buy one of them?" When you buy that stock, you now own half of the company. You right. own something. And you would buy that not because you just wanted to have part of my company. You would buy that because you had hopes of my company being profitable. Yeah. And when it was profitable, then it would be worth more money, right. and therefore your investment would be worth more. Right. When I invest in, the, in a company, in a stock market, 
I am investing in that company on hopes that the company is profitable or their profits increase and the value of my portion of that company would be worth more. And so now my investment has gone up. I'm not buying. I'm not just betting that it's going to go up. And, and if it goes up, you lose and I win. Um, I'm, I'm actually buying property there. Much like if I bought a piece of land. And maybe you and I went in on the land together because we thought yep. the land would go up in value. Uh, it, it's not gambling to buy a piece of property on speculation. You think it's going to go up. Right. Because no one's going to lose if it goes up. Uh, there, there's not going to be a loser. I'm not going to take somebody's stake or, or ante if the property goes up. Uh, so it's not, not gambling. Now, there are, other, there are other aspects that we're going to talk about with the stock market. Stewardship, covetousness, things like that that we have to take into account as we invest, in, whether it be the stock market or real estate or whatever it may be, but the stock market is not gambling. Um, and I think that goes along with some of what our listeners have, have commented on. Kyle, did I cover yeah, That's it, yeah. All right. All right. Uh, we've got a little bit of time here. Uh, so if you want to chime in with your comments on the stock market, on 401Ks, IRAs, what about insurance? Is insurance gambling? Interesting question. I mean, so, so again, you're buying a service, right, yep. when you buy insurance. And, and that is – so so we got to make sure we're working with the definition because anytime there's a chance, that doesn't necessarily mean, it, mean it's gambling. So sure. I buy car insurance because there's a chance that I could have an accident. Or I buy health insurance because there's a chance that I could get sick. Yeah. Uh, but it's not like I'm going to be a winner and I'm gonna, everybody else is going to be a loser if That's I true. if I get – you know, the mowed over by a school yeah. bus. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, that that's not how that works. So insurance is buying a service. It's like buying land is buying a product or buying a part of a company. You're, you're owning something. It's not it. It's not just throwing money into a pool. And I hope all of you lose so that I can win. Yeah. Uh, it's you're actually uh, buying a good or a service. How about uh, starting a business? Well, that's a risky endeavor, <laughs> no a doubt. Yeah, and you could lose big time. Mm -hmm. Is it a gambling to start a business? No, no, because you you got a again, it's it's a product, or you got a company that's going to be offering a product or a service, and there's a chance it could do well. There's a chance it could be a total flop, and you may lose money or you may make money, but. Uh, again, it's, it doesn't meet our definition of gambling. All right. 931-381-4567, if you'd like to chime in on the chat and uh, phone tonight in the chat room. Uh, we're still taking uh, your comments if you want to chime in on the, the, the topic of the stock market. Um, if you disagree with what we said about that, let us know. If you disagree with anything we said or you agree, let us know in the chat room tonight. What's wrong with gambling then? We asked that question. What biblical principles would apply in determining if gambling is sinful? And they are numerous. We've looked at what gambling is. The, and again, we're going to repeat, the Bible doesn't say anything about gambling being wrong. But there are definitely principles that would apply in determining if one should participate in any type of gambling. What's the first thing you note about gambling? Yeah. Well, so when I just think about why do people gamble, what's the desire for people to gamble? Well, the desire is to get rich quick. I mean, they want to gain wealth quickly. Um, you know, people get impatient, I guess, with getting ahead through doing um, regular work and, and earning a paycheck. And so it's the desire for excitement. And so they want to get rich quick. And the idea that, oh, I could wake up and be a millionaire if, I, if the lottery hits. Um, and maybe the suspense of, you know, watching the numbers being called or whatever is sort of addicting and it's surprising and that's an entertainment uh, to people. And so 
people gamble because they're greedy and covetous uh, and maybe even maybe even laziness is involved you know instead of going out and getting a job and working i maybe if i can just hit the lottery i can be rich and i can kick back and just be you know be uh lazy the rest of my life and so all of those things there are totally against what the bible talks about how we're ought to work and how you know a lot of things how we're supposed to conduct our lives um and and so the whole desire from the very beginning to get rich quick and not have to do work to earn the money is is totally against how God would have us to live our life. All right, we need to we need to dig down into that and uh, and explore that some more here. We'll do that on the other side of the of the bullet point ten, tonight. Couple comments in the chat room. Jeanette from Vermont says, "What about the sweepstakes? What about sweepstakes?" Yeah, so. Um, they're wanting you to give my understanding. Yeah, you know, I was I think I was young. Whatever the sweepstakes are really a big thing. I guess they're still around. But they're wanting you to to buy, put a little money in for something with a chance to win a million dollars. And so that'd be gambling. I mean, you're you're wanting other people to be losers, and you're wanting to be a winner. You're putting in a little bit of something yeah. in order to get a big return. Yep. And everybody else lose their little yeah. bit that they put so in. So I think it has the same characteristics of gambling. Yeah. Luke asks, what about raffles where the money goes to a charity of some sort? And so the question is, well, hey, listen, they're having a charity uh, raffle for the fire department. And uh, they need a new fire truck. Everybody buys a $5 ticket. And uh, you could win a all-expense trip paid to the Bahamas. Yeah. And, um, and so $5 gets you into the raffle. But the ends don't justify the means. Okay. I mean, just like Kyle mentioned earlier, you know, some of the things in Tennessee, they're like, well, it's the lottery, but with all the money we put in, we'll we'll give out scholarships, lottery scholarships to kids. And it's a good thing. We're going to be giving scholarships. We're going to be sending kids to college. But those ends don't justify the means to how to get there. So if, if the means to get there is something that God says is wrong, then it doesn't matter what perceived good is on the end of it. It's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. How about uh, we're going to we're going to we're going to have a. Um we're going to have a, a sale of um, marijuana. We're having a marijuana sale, and the proceeds are going to benefit the local school. Is that okay? Uh, no. Right. Does it, it, the ends don't justify the means, no. right? Um, and uh, it, it was said about the lottery. The lot, that doesn't justify the lottery. Yeah. doesn't justify the, the raffles. Dwight and Michelle respond in the chat room to Luke's question. I'd rather give to charity myself. And they reference Galatians 6, verse 10, do good to all men, especially those who are of the household of faith. Uh, so they say, well, if you want to support the charity, just support the charity. You don't have to have something in it for you, right? I mean, that's sort of, yeah. again, it's sort of selfish, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll give to them on hopes that I'll get more than I gave. Yeah. Right. Well, I'll just give to the charity. All right, we'll get a uh, break, get this week's bullet point. When we get back, excellent comments from the chat room tonight. Keep them coming as we look at this this problem of gambling. It is a certain certainly a problem in our society. Is it a sinful problem? We'll look at what the scriptures teach and principles the scriptures teach that will help us determine if gambling is something we should be participating in. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. This is Greg Wynn with this week's bullet point. A poem by an unknown author describes a terrible problem for the evolutionists. In fact, it delivers a death blow to the entire theory of evolution. Here's the way the poem goes. The atheist told a child how eons ago the prehistoric sea beat upon the shores of sand throughout eternity. Out of this, quite without plan, appeared a cell which was the beginning of man. The child grew thoughtful. Then he said, Sir, you've told me about the cell, but who made the sand and sea? 
The general theory of evolution says that millions or billions of years ago, a spark of energy acted on a bit of non-living matter in just the right way to produce a living cell. That single living cell, we are told, has mutated, changed, and evolved into all the various life forms on the Earth today. Please remember that the best scientific minds in the world, operating in the most elaborate laboratories, have never been able to reproduce this spontaneous generation of life from non-living matter. As the poem suggests, though, even if we grant that such a phenomenon might have occurred, it still would not solve the evolutionist dilemma. The question he still cannot answer is, where did the matter come from? Those who believe in God have the answers to these important questions. Where did matter come from? Genesis 1-1 gives the answer. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And what about life? How did it come into existence? God created every living thing and caused each life form to produce, quote, after his kind. Genesis 1, verses 11, 12, 21, 24, 25. The Bible teaches this. Common sense demands it. And science itself points to this conclusion. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. My name is Alex Dvorak, reminding you to listen to the virtual Bible study every Thursday night at 8 o'clock Central Time. Share your comment with the world. Call in now and be a part of the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. Back on the program tonight. To remind you, this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more at thevirtualbiblestudy.com or collegeu.com. I think I can find it on YouTube somewhere, Kyle. Yeah, it's a super secret uh, <laughs> place on YouTube. Just type in College View on uh, your YouTube search bar. We should be one of the, well, the only option if you type in our fancy uh, V-U-E, the College View. Um, so it's uh, a lot of studies on there, a lot of good Bible classes. Uh, we're studying on uh, Old Testament characters on Wednesday nights and uh, Book of Luke on Sunday mornings. So. A lot of good studies on there, a lot of stuff to add to your Bible studies. And I think you're supposed to say like and subscribe and click the bell, something well, like that. Know, if you want to. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, it wouldn't hurt. I, I don't know if – I think uh, most of our exposure comes from people who are uh, know of us anyway, so I'm well, not trying to – yeah. Like yeah, and yeah, subscribe yeah. and click the bell. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm the... been being told. That's what everybody's doing these days. <laughs> All right. Um, so we talked about what gambling is, what it isn't. And now let's get in a little deeper to what you said about the problems with gambling from a biblical perspective, the principles that would would cause me to decide to abstain from gambling. Yeah. One of the first things I thought about was all the way back in Genesis 3 after Adam and Eve uh, had sinned and God is sort of dealing out their punishment to them. One of the things he says in Genesis 3 and verse 19 is, In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return to the ground, for out of it wast thou taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. So one of the the principles that God, well, actually, even in the garden, they had to dress it and keep it, tend to it. Uh, but one of the one of the punishments that was uh, given and dealt out here was is that Adam was going to have to work, and he was going to have to work hard. Right before that, it mentioned that you know everything wasn't just going to be easy and and food just right there readily available. He's going to have to work at it, and it says thorns also and thistles shall uh, talking about the ground shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. And then it's when it says, in the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread. So Adam was going to have to work in order to uh, survive. And that's a principle that started all the way back then. And it carries on through the New Testament. And it's true for us today. Yeah, uh, that is definitely a way that we are told to to make an increase. Not the only way the, the scriptures teach about how to make an increase. But that's one of the ways that we're told that we can make an increase. That we can also see principles in the scriptures about investing is uh is a uh, a way to make an increase. So the, the virtuous woman, I think we see a little bit there in Proverbs 31 about her investing in a field where she could then turn that into a profit. 
uh, through work likely, but uh, still that idea of investing uh, is presented there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, the, so gambling is sort of uh, just right. The opposite of those two things, you know, working with your hands, making an honest living is what God desires investing in order to do good and provide for your family like the virtuous woman gambling would be the opposite of that gambling is i don't want to have to do anything i don't want to have to put forth a lot of effort i just want to throw some money in and then i want to be the winner and have everybody else lose so i could be rich and i can you know have all this money or, or even at a small level so i can get the prize for a little bit of you know no effort okay all right um um, so it would violate the ways that we are see through the scriptures about how we can make an increase. Um, and, uh, so we can, we can, uh, we can earn our wages through honest labor. Ephesians four, verse 28, let him who stole steal no longer, but let him labor working with his hands. What is good that he may have something to give who is in need. Uh, and so, uh, we can work with our hands. Ephesians, or sorry, Second uh, Thessalonians 3, verse 10, beginning, for even when we were with you, we commanded you this, if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. We hear that some that are walk among you in a disorderly manner, not working at all, but are busybodies. Now, those who are such, we command, command and exhort through our Lord Jesus Christ that they work in quietness and eat their own bread. Uh, so again, we're told that we need to work. Um, we can, again, make those investments or sell, sale of property. Ananias and Sapphira did so in Acts 5. We see the early Christians were doing that in Acts 4. Um, and so there's certainly nothing wrong with selling something for a profit. And you can also be given uh, things. The scriptures talk about that in Acts 20, verse 35. I've shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. And so you can give something to someone. And that's one way of, 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 of lawful exchange of uh, of goods and uh, and um, material things, gambling is not included in any of those, and we would say it's unauthorized. Yeah. All yeah. right. What else is wrong with gambling? Well, um, <clears throat> I was thinking about um, Proverbs twelve and verse eleven. It says, "He that tilleth his land shall be satisfied with bread, but he that followeth vain persons is void of understanding." Following vain persons or doing vain things. Um, something that's frivolous, like gambling, is a vain thing. Uh, you know, it's it's worthless and not going to do us any good. You know, a lot of times, I think in the nature of people, we we God's on a higher level than us, and so when God says we ought to work and and do things in a certain way, you know, people, the nature of people is, well, I don't want to do things the hard way. I want to do it easier in the way that makes sense to me. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily make it good and right for us. And so God says there's things that are vain and, and good for nothing. And I would I would categorize gambling as one of those. And it it's associated with sin is why I would um, is why I would say that. I've got some statistics here that that are old, but I think they're still good for this purpose. There's Harrison County, Mississippi, saw divorce rates rise from 440 to uh, 1992. Uh, or, or I'm sorry saw the divorce rates rise from 440 in 1992 to 1,100 in 1993, which was the first full year of gambling was legalized in the county. So, you know, maybe maybe coincidental, maybe not, but the first year that gambling was legalized, divorce rates more than doubled. Yeah. Um, here it says in the first three years after Atlantic City legalized gambling, it went from 50th to first in the nation among cities in per capita crime. Nevada is always near the top of the list. So gambling is, is a vain thing because nothing good comes from it. Uh, it will ruin people's lives. It 
is a lot of sin associated with it. Absolutely. Uh, what comes with it? We know it by its fruits, right? Yeah. If these fruits are associated yeah. with it, we can know that it's not a good thing. Yeah. I mean, there's people that will go and, and, you know, if you owe somebody money, if you're gambling, I mean, there's people that will, will threaten people's lives over it. I mean, they, they got to have their money and it's, I mean, just so many bad things that are associated with it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jeanette in Vermont, I missed her comment earlier. She sent another comment and reminded me that I needed to get to that comment. She says, what about the master who gave his servants talents and they received more money? If I think if it was wrong, Jesus wouldn't have used it as an example. I certainly agree with that, Jeanette. And so what about the, uh, the parable of the talents where he gave some uh, talents and they returned him more than he gave them? Yeah, so Jesus entrusted these these individuals with talents and they had to go and get to work and, and do something with them. You know, the, the one talent man that doesn't do anything is actually condemned because he just, he didn't do anything with it. And so I think she's right. Jesus wouldn't have used something that's wrong as an example, but that isn't an example of, of gambling no. right? because there wasn't, uh, there wasn't something put in and uh, all were supposed to be, uh, you know, they hoped that everybody else would lose and they would win. It was each was given an amount and they had to go and work with that amount. And in this case, they earned more, right. except the one talent man. Who did not. But he said you ought to have at least given it out for right. usury, right? Right. So there, that, that, that's like the safe. Uh, he's talking, I yeah. think, maybe about investments like, yeah, here. Like about put it in the bank and it. at least get interest. Yeah, so a very safe investment. You could at least done that, or you could have done other things with it. Right. Uh, about us using the abilities that God has given us. But, again, the principle is this is lawful. Right. This is acceptable to God for us to put it in the bank and draw interest mm-hmm. on it to invest it in some other way where you would receive a return. Right. Uh, certainly uh, agree with that. Thank you, Jeanette, for, for those comments. Um, and then my dad chimes in on the sweepstakes question that was asked earlier. It can be gambling. He says it applies especially to horse racing. All the stakes are divided among the winners. However, it can be defined as a promotional drawing in which prizes are given away at no charge the participant to the participants. For example, the publisher's clearinghouse sweepstakes. And so... Um, that uh, would not have the same characteristics of gambling. Uh, you might check the stream there, Kyle. Um, all right. Uh, good comments there from our listeners tonight. Um, so um, it violates the principles of how we are to make money. Mm-hmm. It violates, I think you said, the idea of vain activity, mm-hmm. Activity that has bad fruit associated right. with it. What else? Well, I think it violates the the golden rule. You know, the so-called golden rule in Matthew seven and verse twelve says, "Jesus said, therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets." The the golden rule is known by people that don't have hardly any Bible knowledge. You know, it, right. you want to you want to do good to others as as you would want them to do to you. That's how you treat them. It's interesting that Jesus mentioned that's the law and the prophets. You know, it all hangs on that principle of loving your neighbor. But when I'm gambling, I'm not loving my neighbor because I want my neighbor to lose. I want to win and I want all my neighbors to put in money and I want all them to lose so that I can win. That's not that's that violates that principle. That is not doing to others as you would want them to do to you. Uh, yeah. and, and a gambler wants others to lose the only way i win is if you lose right and just because they're willing partners doesn't make it right either you say well i mean i didn't make them put their money in but that doesn't make it right i'm i'm still not loving them like i ought to yeah you shouldn't want to be taking what is theirs and so yeah uh matthew 27 22 37 through 39 
Um, First Corinthians 10, verse 24, let no one seek his own, but each other, each one, the other's well-being. How am I doing that with all those 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 associated problems with gambling that you mentioned of the bankruptcy, of the crime, of the divorce? How am I seeking your well-being by engaging you in a gamble or a wager? I'm, I'm not. Absolutely not. Or just not. Absolutely not. Again, we don't see the word gambling condemned in the Bible. We see these principles that would tell us this is something that Christians would have no part in and no, uh, we should have no desire to participate in. Uh, Matthew 7, verse 12, Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. All right, let's get a break, and we'll get back. We'll go to the top of the hour. We're not done. Lots of other biblical principles we can use and look at to examine whether or not we should be participating in gambling. And we want your comments as well in the chat room, over email, or on the phone tonight. 931-381-4567. Jeanette says that the parable of talents suggests to her that investing is all right. I agree with that, Jeanette, and I appreciate your comments from up in Vermont tonight. Uh, she's emailing us before the snow starts flying. I think it's supposed to start flying maybe later tonight. I'm just kidding. It'll be won't be long in Vermont. We'll get a break. Going to the top of the hour. Don't go anywhere. We're back right after this. Don't touch that mouse. The virtual Bible study will be back right after this. Hi, I'm Wade Shelton. In 1 Peter 3.15, the scripture says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You see, we believe here at College View that we should be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks us. And I believe that we are dedicated to this cause. That's why we here at College View bring you the virtual Bible study each week. Our hope is that you will join us each week here on the virtual Bible study in hopes of strengthening your faith so that you will be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. Please join us here every Thursday night on the virtual Bible study. I know that it's worth an hour of your time. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. In a recent survey, only 28% of those interviewed thought the Bible's stories were historically accurate. Even among self-identified Christians, only 35% believe the stories are accurate. That information is via ChristianResearch.org. The Word of God says in 2 Timothy 3, verse 16, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. And we're back on the top of the hour looking at uh, biblical principles, help us determine if we should participate in gambling or if we should abstain. We looked at several already, but more to look at. And Josh, keep us rolling here. Yeah, so another another principle I think that we mentioned in the beginning with a comment was about covetousness. Uh, in Luke 12 and verse 15, Jesus said, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. Gambling is covetousness. I mean, it's, it's wanting and desiring to be wealthy and desiring to have money, or if it's not money, it's desiring a prize and yeah. what that would give me. You know, if I would, could just have a few million, all the things that I could get would be so great. My life would be so wonderful. If I could just win that car or if I could just win that prize, you know, if I just had that, uh, everything would be so much better for me. And that's that's gambling by definition is that. Absolutely. And Jesus said our life isn't about the things that we have. Uh, and so he said beware of covetousness. And I think I think today people are not treating gambling as such, and uh, they're falling into this trap. Think about that. Think about uh, think about this verse 
you know how the end of certain advertisements, the, the announcer comes on and st- speaks real quickly, you know, the little disclaimer? Mm-hmm. Think about this verse being read at the end of that commercial on the radio for the scratch-off lottery tickets. Hebrews 13, verse 5, Let your conduct be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You can win millions, but be content with what you have. They don't want you to be content with what you have. You want this. you got to have this. You need this. I need more. Yeah. God says be content uh, and don't be covetous. And they say, no, no, desire this. Desire it so much that you go broke to get it. Desire what somebody else has. I want your hundred bucks, man. I I need that. I would be much better if if it was mine. First Timothy 6, verse 10, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Greediness has to be wrapped into this discussion as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are many folks who in their greediness have pierced themselves through with many sorrows associated with gambling. You, you gave us those statistics that show that that's in, in fact happening. Yeah. You know, in Ecclesiastes 5 and verse 10, it says, He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase. This is also vanity. We were talking, I think, b- before we got on the program, that a lot of these people that win the lottery, they win millions of dollars, they blow right through it, and then they, they've got to have more. Because the the problem is they're greedy, and they want more, and they get a little bit, and they want more. And that's that's exactly what Ecclesiastes says. A person that loves silver won't be satisfied when they get it. They're going to want more. And then when they get a little bit of increase, they're going to want even more. And he said that's vanity. That's a vain thing. Yeah, um, yeah you're, you're, you're involved in... Uh, in- human resources in your day job and uh you give out raises no doubt has anyone ever have you ever any, gone to anyone with a raise and said you know what i i really don't need that that has not happened I, I, my, <laughs> I, my, my paycheck's big enough already yeah that has not happened it never happens no. no 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 always wanting more always want more all right so gambling is rooted in covetousness we're to put to get to death covetousness colossians 3 verse 5 therefore put to death your members which are on the earth fornication uncleanness passion evil desire and covetousness which is idolatry we're not putting it to death when we're engaged in in gambling instead we're fueling that desire for more right. and more you know i was right. thinking in that same place colossians 3 and verse 2 says set your affection on things above not on things on the earth and gambling really tries to get our affections to be on it not godly things yeah absolutely um other principles that you would see and time for your comments in the chat room if you have other principles other questions about gambling had some good comments tonight good questions time to take those still time to take those as we go on any other principles you would see from the scriptures around this this subject of gambling well i think dwight mentioned it in the chat room galatians 6 and verse 10 says as we have therefore opportunity let us do good unto all men especially unto them who are of the household of faith uh and so you know how can we be doing good to all men when we hope they lose their money? Uh, again, I, I, that probably isn't the first place I'd go to argue against gambling, but I think it is good supporting argument that, that it's wrong. I can't do good to all if I hope they lose their money so yeah. that I can win. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how about the principles of stewardship? I think, you know, the parable that Jeanette brought up is uh, is teaching stewardship. And I think that the gambling violates the principles of good stewardship. I agree. Stewardship is a big deal, and it's very important. Um, God expects us to be good stewards. He expects that of elders in Titus chapter 1, verse 7, they be good stewards. He expects us to be good stewards. In First Peter chapter 4, verse 10, 
Each one, as he has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. We need to be good stewards, and gambling is not good stewardship. Um, and uh, I think as a result of that, we should abstain. Yeah, so God has entrusted us with some things. And our response should be to care for that and handle it the way that he would have us to handle it. But if our if our goal is, or, or if our um, um, thought process is, well, this isn't good enough. I need more. Then you know we're we're not trusting in God. We're uh, showing our uh, discontent for what He's given to us, and we're really un- unappreciative. Uh, and so there's there's a whole lot of issues. Oh um, I man, we just we keep unraveling this thing, and uh, and it, and the more you look at it, the more problems you see yeah. with it. Uh, as you look at it with a biblical perspective, right. not a with dollar signs in your eyes, right. but if you look at the, what the Bible teaches about our attitudes towards money and towards our neighbor, we see all kinds of problems. It's fraught with problems. Uh, Kevin in the chat room says it's difficult for us to see covetousness, but gambling would be one way it is manifested. Absolutely. Uh, but in our everyday lives, it would be difficult to see covetousness in most cases since it is an inward sin without much outward sign. Again, he said maybe another topic. Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. agree. This is one of those sins that may be easy to cover up. Uh, my dad in the chat room says, I heard a conservative preacher, he uses conservatives in quotes, uh, say that if you could engage in gambling without being covetous, then it would be okay. That's probably impossible, he says, but even if it is, if it was possible, there's so much else wrong with gambling, as, as has been pointed out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Take the, uh, we'll give you the gamble, I mean, the covetous part. Yeah, Answer these other things. Yeah, yeah. We, we listed 20 others. So, yeah. yeah, all right. Um, uh, stewardship certainly is, is a principle that's violated. Um, there are, you mentioned all the other problems associated with it um, and all the other things that go along with gambling. Um, um, What about the addictive nature of gambling? Yeah. So Paul talked about um, not, not letting, well, now my, now my mind went blank. I think it's first Corinthians nine 27, right? Where he says he buffets his body and he doesn't allow himself to be brought under the power of anything. First Corinthians six, verse 12. I only know that because it's right here in front of me. Uh, But yeah, so, so Paul talked about for a Christian, we ought not to let anything. and, And, this is just one thing, but anything have control over us like that. But gambling is addictive. I mean, there, there's people who are, uh, well, we cited the, the statistic. There is a percentage of U.S. college students that are problem or addicted gamblers. I mean, they'll stay up in the casino all night. They'll blow what little bit of money they have, maybe get a paycheck, and then go blow it because they've got to gamble. I mean, it's like a drug. Consider these quotes from uh, 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 confessed addicts of gambling. One man said, when I was at the blackjack table, my wife could have been home dying of cancer, and I would not have cared less. One woman said, I stole vacation money from the family sugar jar. I spent every waking hour thinking about getting to the track. Another gentleman said, I degraded myself in every way possible. I embezzled from my own company. I conned my six-year-old out of his allowance. Finally, one man said, after I woke up from my appendectomy, I snuck out of the hospital, cashed a bogus check, and headed for my bookie. I was still bleeding from the operation. Unbelievable. That tells you what kind of uh, yeah. vice this is. Right. All right. Well, Jacob, you know, I was thinking, why would a government um, support something that increases crime and, and does all these things like this? Why would a government even support that? Because, you know, we, we 
already talk about a lot in our society how our jails are full and we need to do something different. And the answer is money. Our government's greedy, too. I was reading about the statistics about how much tax is collected off of this. And in Maryland, 61 Maryland collects 61% tax on slot machine revenues. Mm-hmm. I mean, so... The government's greedy too. I mean, they're yeah. they're in it to get their money out yeah. of it too. And they're the ones that are making out like yeah. bandits here. Yeah. yeah. So they push it. This is good for you. This is good, and they give you something like uh, the lottery, helping students with tuition. Mm. Right. In the same breath, uh, this is the number for Gamblers Anonymous. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like if you have yeah. a gambling problem, this is the number you need to call. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I know. Uh, yeah. I know. And Kevin agrees that the government is greedy in this mix. Um, Quickly, before we're out of time, our listeners chimed in on what is wrong with gambling. Uh, Keith uh, references Exodus 20, verse 17. that says, Thou shalt not covet. Um, I agree with that principle. I would not use the Ten Commandments for that, though. From the Old Testament, I would use it the New Testament verses we looked at. But certainly that is a valid uh, concept. Kent says gambling violates a new principle, New Testament principle of faithful stewardship. First Peter four verse ten, First Corinthians four verse two. Gambling operates according to the iron rule, suggesting that might makes right. Matthew twenty two thirty nine, Romans three verse thirteen verse ten. Gamble, gambling violates the golden rule. Matthew seven verse twelve. Gambling destroys the New Testament work ethic. Second Thessalonians three verse ten. Gambling is addictive. Galatians five twenty three. When we were living in East Tennessee, we were acquainted with an individual who became addicted to gambling and ran up a huge amount of money traveling uh, to Las Vegas in addition to the loss of income by playing the games. Gambling is sinful because of the evil example, Romans 12, 17, 1 Timothy 5, 14. Gambling promotes dishonesty and greed, Matthew 7, 17, and 18. Gambling will destroy homes and marriages, 1 Timothy 5, verse 8. Very extensive list there from Kent tonight. We appreciate that. And Dwight, in his response, says gambling is sinful when others suffer from it. Gambling is risking a wager of some sort in order to win something, and in doing so, some become addicted to it, uh, to gambling and whether, whether or not they win or lose. Letting something have control over you is not right. The Bible warns us against the love of money. The Scriptures teach us that if we won't work, neither shall we eat. First Thessalonians 4, verse 11 says, And make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business and work with your hands, just as we told you. Ephesians 4.28 says, Let no, the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing his honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. And Proverbs 12, verse 11 says, Whoever works with his, his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits lacks sense. Good comments from our listeners tonight. Kevin in the chat room says the Arkansas lottery that was set up to help kids with college was the Arkansas lottery was set up to help college kids uh, help kids with college scholarships. State schools immediately raised their cost by the amount of the lottery match. So in the end, the government uh, was just lining their pockets again. Yeah. Quickly, we talked about the. Um, uh, Kevin says state-sponsored gambling shows the state will do evil in the name of good. Their definition. Yeah. We talked about the stock market and investing again, and we said that it's not gambling, but there could be principles that make it wrong, and we've talked about some of those that could make it wrong. The idea of covetousness, the idea of maybe an investing in ways that doesn't display good stewardship. Those are principles that need to be considered as we make investments of whatever kind they are, if yeah. they are even in the stock market. But it's not gambling, but there are principles we need to look at these principles in every aspect of our life, biblical principles, maybe in a, in a 
in a in an action action or activity that's not explicitly mentioned in the Bible, but there are principles that regulate it. And I think that we've looked at several tonight that would cause us to have it force us to come to the conclusion that gambling is not something that a Christian uh, should engage in. Right. And I think the key, because it's a little bit confusing when you first think about it, but I think the key is to look at all the principles that we mentioned. And if it fails to, to meet the standard that God has set forth as in anything in life, then we say, well, I can't do that. Yeah. Uh, and if it's gambling, it's wrong. We can't do it. Because Galatians 3 verse 17 says, whatever you do in order to eat, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus by his authority. I've got to make sure that I have authority for the way that I live. Romans chapter 14 would tell me if I do anything without faith, it's sin. And faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So as a result of those passages, I know from the scriptures that I need to have confidence that what I'm doing is acceptable and pleasing to God. And if I can't have confidence in that, I need to abstain. Gambling is one of those things that I need, from which I need to abstain because of so many principles that the scriptures teach that would, it would violate. Final comments. Now, I appreciate all the comments in the chat room. This was a good study, and, and obviously a lot of people were uh, involved in it, so that makes it even better. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, any yeah, comments from you? This is a, it's a good study. It's uh, it's something we you know we haven't really covered. We covered, we covered quite a bit, but it's been a little while. Yeah. I think uh, sin, like sin says it's crouching at the door. I think it's something we need to be making sure that we're kicking away from our door, making sure that we're making sure that we're on the lookout all the time because it's something that sneaks up on you. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And we talked about the fact that we talk about over and over again about the fact that the scriptures for our good and yeah. think about the pain that we can save ourselves from mm-hmm. if we'll abstain from this evil that the scriptures are, are warning us against. We'll abstain. Think about all the pain that we can save ourselves if we'll do the right thing. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Kyle, for being here. Thank you, Josh, for your help on the program tonight. Thank you for being on the other end of the line. I hope you benefit from our study and discussion of God's Word. We encourage you, uh, if you have any questions or comments about what you've heard on this program or any program, send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. We hope you'll make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.